Straight up with no chaser. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. Week 9 in the NFL starts tonight in Pittsburgh. The Steelers hosting the Tennessee Titans. We bring in Yahoo Fantasy Sports Andy Barons to help set your Week 9 lineups and and navigate through some of these issues. We've got some bye weeks. We've got some new quarterbacks starting in new places. Andy, a lot to unpack, a lot to uncover as we're now beyond the halfway point of the fantasy football regular season. How are you and how are your teams holding up, Andy? Oh, I'm good. It's uh, this is trading season, right? Like once the buys kick in, once once we start getting these, you know, fourteen, six teams on buy, it's it's trading season. So I've been trying to land the plane on a on a couple of trades all day. I don't know if it's going to happen. I think I think it's agreed to, and then and then it's not, and then it's pulled again. So we're 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 trying out here. I'm working real hard. Ooh, okay. Do you mind sharing with our audience? I would imagine the person you're trading with is not living in Rochester, so. Question. I uh, they they have uh, far-reaching tentacles, so who knows what they will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get great players. This is, this is like a 16-team, you know, um, keeper league. Uh, I'm tr- I'm trying to acquire Tyree Kill uh, for the stretch run. I'm trying to acquire. I actually think Tony Pollard is a really nice buy low, Ooh. and I'm trying to acquire Tony Pollard somewhere else. Um, but this is you know the broader point here is that like you know we got buys to cover, and this is like if you're a you're a three and five team, you're a two and six team, and you're in any kind of keeper or dynasty league, you got to start making decisions and you got to, you know, like it's, 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 this is like a win-win situation is what I'm trying to offer, but I'm also trying to convince someone that they should probably give up on this year. And that is a very gentle conversation. To yes. Have. Okay. Very good. Um, Andy, let's start with tonight. We got the Steelers. We got the Titans. Uh, I mean, there, there's some fantasy relevance here and I think Will Levis makes it so because of what we saw him do last week in his debut, but poor Kenny Pickett is, you know, being held together with duct tape and bubble gum at this point in that uh, backfield. What's your take on tonight's game between the Steelers and Titans? Well, it's going to be really interesting to see Levis because, you know, there's, uh, there's obviously a lot of excitement in, in fantasy circles, certain fantasy circles around him. I was not big on Levis coming out of, coming out of college. He's got a, got a huge arm. Uh, he's, he's pretty athletic, but it was, I don't think, gosh, now I feel, as I say this to you guys, I feel like I'm describing young Josh Allen. Um, <laughs> he's not that. He doesn't have like that sort of rushing ability, but big arm, but really scattershot in college, right? Like, and you, you look at the broad numbers and the, the you know, TD totals relative to interceptions. It wasn't always great. It wasn't always a clinic with Levis. It's a weird game for him in some respects because everything was either like at the line of scrimmage or was 40 yards downfield. Um, but it was good to see somebody in Tennessee stretch the field. It was obviously good to see DeAndre Hopkins get going. So I don't know why they wouldn't go to this permanently. I don't know why we're not just going to say that Will Levis is our rest of season quarterback and we'll, we'll figure it out and he's eventually going to take his lumps and we'll see what that looks like. This is a, this is a much greater challenge, obviously going up against um, TJ Watt and friends, right? Like this is, this is different. You're not going to have the same, you're not going to have the same time to throw. Um, and it, it might not be quite as clean as it was last week, but um, a, a really important stage for Levis and, and a chance to really consolidate power if he has a decent day. Andy, I think uh, the majority of our questions are going to be, hey, this team has a new quarterback. How does it impact everybody else? 
Um, well, the team I'm going to ask you about not only has a new quarterback this week, they have a new head coach, they have a new GM, uh, the Raiders here. And Andy, sometimes when you make a change like this and, you know, that'll wake everybody up and you could get a, like a short-term sugar high here maybe for the Raiders, <laughs> or are, are you just not putting any faith into Aiden O'Connell? And maybe a sidebar to this question, too, I find it hilarious that the Raiders on trade deadline day, fire the GM. Like, I love this report that, oh, that's why the Raiders kind of ghosted us on our, uh, you know, our trade offer there for Devontae Adams. Yeah, I actually think that is probably the, the critical point here. Like, you had to get through the trade deadline with your freaking GM, right? Because, you know, Jacobs was a trade chip, and I'm, I'm sure multiple teams were interested in Josh Jacobs. He's a great player. Devontae Adams does not fit the timeline of what the Raiders should intend to do, right? Like, I get a great player, Hall of Famer, inner circle Hall of Famer. Um, Devontae Adams needs to go to a team that can win right now this year. He's not, like, he's not part of your three-year program or whatever this is going to be um, in Vegas. So really terrible timeline on the departure of the GM. You either had to do this a month ago or you had to do it a week from now. But you, it's unbelievable that they did it this week. Anyway, that aside... O'Connell is, um, he wasn't great earlier this year, right? Like we have one start for Aiden O'Connell. He fumbled three times. He threw a pick. He threw, I think he targeted Josh Jacobs 11 times. Like he really peppered the running back with targets. So this is probably good for Jacobs. I don't know what it means for the outside receivers. O'Connell isn't, he's a rookie, but he's not a typical rookie because he's like 25. He's he's like 20 days younger than Jalen Hurts or something like that. He's old. Um, he, you know, he was at Purdue forever. Um, so this isn't like, he's not super raw and inexperienced. He was a preseason hero. We'll see. Nothing, nothing could look worse than what we got from Jimmy Garoppolo last week. You know, that was just a disaster game. And I don't, I don't think anybody can reasonably argue that he deserved to, to keep to maintain, you know, the controls of the Raiders offense. He, he missed Devonte on a couple of long touchdowns. Like it was just a brutal game. Also, I like I heard the introductory press conference from Antonio Pierce, and like I wanted to run through a wall. Like, <laughs> I think he's kind of I don't know if it'll be good. I don't I don't know if they'll win any games, right? But like I don't know. That's the energy that you need to bring to this. That's the you know old school Raiders swagger that we that we want to have around this franchise. So. I'm somewhat optimistic for him. I'm not super optimistic for O'Connell, but but we'll see. I think I think Jacobs is the is the one player here who can make out okay. Andy, uh, what I love about our schedule on Sunday is we've got great games in every window, starting in the mm-hmm. morning with the Germany game and the Chiefs. Do we see a bounce back here from Andy Reid? And with the Dolphins, do we consider that really, you know, when they, they beat up on bad teams, but when they've been faced uh, against good teams and their two losses, you know, whether you're talking the Eagles or the Bills, they got beaten, they got beat bad. Will that be the thing that, that you see in Germany against the Chiefs as they bounce back from that uh, Denver loss? Yeah, super interesting game. Uh, in uh, you're so right. We have great, we have absolutely great games in every window. Um, we, this is Miami is the the leading scoring team this year, right? They're they're scoring about 35 a game. They're facing the team that led the NFL in scoring last year. Um, obviously, a, a couple of teams that should be powerhouses. I actually think that I think the really interesting thing here is um, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs passing game because they're they're kind of quietly averaging like almost a touchdown less per game this year. Um, they are not scoring like they did last year. 
they've they've only got they've only I think two games this season in which they've hit last year's scoring average. Um, they don't have a top forty fantasy receiver on the team, which is wild because Mahomes is still like the QB three on the season. Um, it's just a it's just a clunky offense that you know they're going to struggle to get to thirty, and it's been a while since we've said that about a Patrick Mahomes led team. Um, and I, I feel like Miami can put 30 on anybody at any time, even in a loss. Um, so I, I don't, I don't know. I, I feel, I feel like there's a narrative around Miami that is just a little bit disrespectful to Philadelphia and Buffalo. Like those are, those are great teams and it's okay to lose to those teams. Um, Miami is still the club to put 70 points on someone this year. Um, they're really dangerous. Tyreek is healthy. Waddle is healthier than he's been all season. Um, I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Miami might win this one. Uh, Vikings and Falcons at one o'clock. Uh, two teams that are going to have new quarterbacks. The Vikings are going to trot out Jaron Hall for at least one week. So part one of the question here, uh, are we avoiding the Vikings or are you looking at maybe like a Cam Akers is like a sneaky play there? And then the Falcons, Andy, I always liked, you know, Taylor Heineke in certain spots when he was in Washington. And I'm actually kind of excited here to see, uh, can he, you know, he came in relief last week, did okay. I'm actually excited to see, um, you know, the Falcon offense and how this is going to look this week. Yeah, obviously the the issue with Ritter is he was a, he was just a turnover machine. Um, he was, he was actually relatively productive in fantasy. Um, so like, especially given expectations, he was running a little bit. But we know we can get that from Heineke as well. So I don't, I don't, I certainly don't think there's any major disruption to Atlanta's offense. And it's not like you were relying on Ritter and fantasy outside of the deepest super flex league. So I feel like everything's fine there. I do not feel like everything's fine in Minnesota, at least for a week. Um, now, you probably don't have the luxury to sit someone like Jordan Addison um, with Jaron Hall at quarterback. I mean, we're talking about a fifth round rookie quarterback here. And it didn't, it didn't look great last week. I don't, you know, I don't think the upside for that offense with him at QB is, is particularly great. I do think they made a nice move for Josh Dobbs. And I don't, I don't mean to say that I think that Josh Dobbs himself is going to be some sort of startable fantasy commodity over the balance of the season. But he did turn Hollywood Brown into a wide receiver too this year. Like Hollywood right now is like the wide receiver 20, wide receiver 21, depending on your scoring format. Um, he was, he was getting big weeks out of Trey McBride and or Zach Ertz. Like that offense has, has worked just fine for fantasy purposes, certainly better than we thought it would. Um, so I think when they get Justin Jefferson back, like Jefferson probably isn't the overall wide receiver one anymore, but I do think he's still, you know, I think Dobbs is good enough to make Jefferson a top eight fantasy receiver to make Addison a top 20, top 25 fantasy receiver. So I feel like we kind of got, he's clearly not going to be as good as Kirk Cousins because Cousins was just absolutely humming. He was, he'd been great, a bunch of 350 yard games, but I do feel like we got a little bit of a bailout in, in Josh Dobbs. Like this is probably the best case scenario fantasy wise. Andy, uh, let me see if I can stump my uh, co-host over here. I'm sure you know the answer. Do you know who tight end two in fantasy football has been since, well, I want to say, week five or week six? Andy, help me out if you know the, the exact time frame I'm talking about here. Any no, idea? It's not um, Sam Laporta. It's Sam Laporta, number yeah, one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to guess it's Taysom Hill. It is Taysom Hill. Taysom uh-huh. Hill is tight end two behind Travis Kelsey since, Andy, is it week five or week six that I saw the stat? He. I know that in each of the last six, uh, three weeks, he's actually been a top six fantasy tight end. So I'm not, 
I feel like it probably goes back three weeks. This is probably since week six, but he's been, and he's obviously he's not a traditional tight end, but the, the secret there is that most of the tight ends that we start in fantasy are not traditional tight ends. Right. They're basically wide receivers. So I don't get, I'm not going to get hung up on position eligibility with Taysom Hill. He filled the box score last week. It was really fun, right? Like 60 plus rushing yards, a couple touchdowns. He caught a pass for 14 yards. He threw two passes, one of which was completed for 44 yards like that. I don't know. That was, that was really fun. And the, the thing about Taysom Hill is he's, we know that the quiet weeks are going to be super quiet. But that's just how the tight end position is, too. Like, when, when Taysom Hill has a big week, you, you probably win your matchup because it looks like last week when he scores a couple of touchdowns, right? He gets the inside the five carries and, he, you know. So I don't know what else you could hope for at tight end. Like, in my, in my opinion, if you don't have Andrews, Laporta, Kelsey, Kittle, Hawkinson, um, you should have gone out and gotten Taysom Hill this week because I can easily see him outscoring everybody else position over the balance of the season anybody that owns darren waller if you're scrambling there's your answer if he's and he's available out there too right i mean like when i look at his projected points on a week-by-week basis it's low i mean he's down there but if you if he's out there and he's available that's somebody you scoop up yeah he entered the week available in over 60 percent of yahoo leagues i'm not sure where it is right now but he was definitely a recommended ad and had been a recommended ad the prior week too um again just because the spike weeks are so good yeah, Andy Barron's Yahoo Fantasy setting you up here for the week. It's funny, Andy. This feels like way long ago. It was only one week ago right now, or we were kind of in the uh, extended pregame show for the Buffalo Bills getting ready for that game against the Buccaneers. And Well, it, the Bills' offense looked a little better that night, but the thing that was noticeable, Andy, was it wasn't just Allen the Diggs. You had Gabe Davis involved. You also had Khalil Shakir getting some targets. You also had, yay, you had the new tight end, Dalton Kincaid, getting involved. So my question is, now that you're going to Cincinnati, are we confident enough beyond Diggs here from a fantasy standpoint that this is going to continue, that Josh Allen's going to distribute the ball and make it worth our while? I, I tell you, the thing that interests me most is whether we get a consult. Like we already, you know, Kincaid had been good a couple weeks ago, and it was nice to see him have a consolidation game sort of last week, right, where he's still super involved. I had, I'm anxious to see if we get that from Shakir, because Shakir is coming off, you know, his most involved and probably his best day as a pro, I would say. Um, and a lot of it, I, I think, has to do with the fact that all of a sudden we're back in, you know, we're back in 11 personnel all the time. And there was a path to him getting on the field and a bunch of targets. And he caught them all. Like, I, I'm, I'm very interested there because it would be great to see, like, I, I, you know, I, with all due respect to Gabe Davis, it would be great to see another receiver emerge in this offense. Because I think we kind of know what Gabe Davis is. And he's either, you know, it's either a big week and he finds the end zone or it's a relatively quiet week. It would be great to get somebody in that offense who is just a bankable five, six catches of like, I don't know, not exactly Cole Beasley, but kind of the Cole Beasley numbers, right? Uh, a, a real chain mover. So that is very interesting to me. And then, of course, whatever we see from the from the ground game is always interesting because man, am I. Man, am I fielding a lot of complaints about James Cook, who is was actually a pretty good player, but you know, he's not getting the money touches, and that is a problem. 
Andy, uh, the late afternoon window is highlighted by the Eagles hosting the Cowboys, and we saw the Cowboys offense turn it up against the Rams. You mentioned earlier that you think Tony Pollard is a nice buy-low candidate here rest of season. Do the Cowboys offense keep it rolling against the defending NFC champs? And what do you make of the Eagles, Jalen Hurts, and the knee injuries? It's certain that you know almost every NFL player isn't playing at 100% at this point of the season, but how might it affect Hurts and his ability to distribute? Yeah, you know, I, I think the, the bigger issue there is just the quality of, of uh, Dallas's defense overall, the front, the corners. They've just played really well. It'll be interesting to see if A.J. Brown can keep it going. It'll be interesting to see if Fonte Smith can, like, give a second consecutive good week, right? Like, he's, those have been few and far between this season. Um, two, two defenses that should be pretty good. Philadelphia has had its weak moments, right? Like, seeing them kind of get lit up by Washington um, was a little bit eye-opening. So you can, you can certainly imagine them losing to Dallas, um, but Dallas is also really schizophrenic and you never know which version of that team is going to show up. Like they probably should just look at last week and say, okay, we're going to build the whole thing around CD lamb. He's great. He's one of the 10 best receivers, six best receivers in the NFL right now. Let's, let's feed that man, but they don't always do it. Um, so that's a, that's one concern that I have. I, I trust Dallas's defense a little bit more than I trust Philadelphia's defense, which again has been, has been up and down, has been, has really given up some numbers to some teams that I did not expect to produce them. Andy, last one for me, and uh, this is not one of the matchups I have circled for Sunday, but for fantasy purposes, maybe. Um, are we trusting Sam Howell in the commander's offense after they didn't win <laughs> against Philadelphia, but man, that was entertaining and uh, some points there that we all left on our bench. So are we putting commanders in our lineup here against the Patriots? Yeah, like uh, I, would, I wouldn't necessarily recommend like if you're a young quarterback, don't watch Sam Howell. Um, I, I, don't think it's, I don't think it's necessarily like teaching tape, right? Hold the ball forever. He's still on pace for almost 90 sacks on the season. But at the end of the day, the numbers are often there. And he's, got, he's coming off a great week, almost 400 yards, four touchdowns, um, through one ball that was picked and at least one other that should have been picked. Um, so, again, it's not always, it's not always a clinic, um, but he can run a little bit. He's got great receivers. I, uh, you know, it's, it's also really hard to say in a, in a week where, like, five quarterbacks went down to injury, I can't tell you not to start Sam Howell. Sam Howell, to me, is a great option. Like Derek Carr is a great option this week. Gardner Minshew is a great option this week. Some some really sketchy names are all of a sudden great options because we have a bunch of good quarterbacks who are out of the mix. And then you have quarterbacks that I think you had higher expectations for underachieving. And and you heard from the Packers front office today, less than a vote of confidence, actually yesterday, less than a vote of confidence on Jordan Love. Is that the motivating factor that maybe gets Love in this Packers offense moving here against the Rams on Sunday? I, I think the thing that would really get this Packers offense moving would be a healthy Aaron Jones. Um, and we, we just haven't seen it all year, except for opening week when he scored a couple touchdowns and was clearly the most dynamic player on the field, is probably the most refined and best receiver on that team. Um, limited in his first practice this week, it would just be really nice to get a, a week of full practices from Aaron Jones and hear that he's cleared this hamstring thing and hear that you know he's going to get back to being better than 50% of the backfield touches. Um, Cause I don't, I don't think anything looks a whole lot better until he is again, sort of the, the, you know, the hinge point of that offense. 
Fantasy Football Live tonight, Andy. It's a great way to kind of set everybody up here as we get ready for Week 9. Tell everybody about it. Yeah, uh, well, you, you, if you didn't watch it last week, you missed a heck of a Halloween episode. Arthur uh, Arthur Smith. Arthur like Smith I, is in the house. <laughs> I feel like I've been in costume now for the last week. I feel like you've got like a different one every day. Um, that was really fun. But we're going to go all over all the all the most important stories. We're going to preview the Thursday night game. We're going to field a thousand different sit-start questions. So pretty informative, pretty fun. I hope you check it out. It's at 7 p.m. Eastern. You're the absolute best, Danny. Good luck this weekend, and thanks for your time, as always. Talk to you next week. Thanks, guys. Good luck, everyone. Thanks, There's Andy, Andy Barron's Yahoo Fantasy Sports joining us every Thursday to talk some fantasy football here in the Sports Bar with Danger and Batek. Yeah, it is one of those weeks that you just look at these games. I'm like, oh, this is great that the Bills are playing at night. The fact that you get Dolphins Chiefs in the morning. Got a great then, window yeah. the, the middle of the day. You get Seahawks Ravens. Great game there. Looking forward to that. Cowboys Eagles in the late afternoon window. I mean, come on. This is, uh, even with all the teams on by, even with uh, the, the mess of quarterback situations that we're dealing with in fantasy football and throughout the, uh, around the NFL, uh, this is going to be a good Sunday of football. Yep, and then we'll have to pay the price. Do you know what game we get one week from today? Oh, uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. And <laughs> you, you, Can you apologize for everybody? Well, I'm, I'm tired of apologizing on behalf of the Bears. I, they well, don't belong in prime time. They shouldn't be in prime time. And you as a football fan, you shouldn't have to sit through it. We get the Bears hosting Carolina yes. Thursday. Yes. The toilet bowl. Oh. Battle for the first overall pick. <laughs> Who wants it less? Uh, oh, wait. No, actually, the Bears get both of those. Picks. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Um, yeah, we'll we'll pay our tax uh, a week from tonight with that stinker. But for now, yeah, we've got some pretty good matchups, and it starts tonight with Prime and uh, the Steelers hosting the Tennessee Titans. Our first real glimpse on national stage for Will Levis. Uh, he of the uh, I eat my bananas with the peels on them uh, at quarterback for the Titans. Yeah, we got. Uh, I'll drink to that coming up. Do we have some baseball takes? I think we have some baseball takes here. Dave. Do have some baseball takes. I mean, there's, I, I, first of all, there's something to be said for a manager who does what Bruce Boshi has done. And I'm curious, where does he rate on the list of all-time greatest managers? Because the resume mm-hmm. is pretty That's, strong. Yeah, It's a strong resume. Yeah. And it's very quietly one of the strongest resumes I think going. And we mentioned Bart Winkler, who will be joining us tomorrow afternoon at 425. I want to share a take that he put out there because I think it's a great take. And I'm 100% on board with what he's saying. I didn't know in this day and age where teams are just raking in cash, you could have such mismanagement that there's a team out there that had to take out a $50 million loan to make. We we had this story come across in the 5 o'clock hour yesterday. I think it's worth diving into because it's going to have ramifications here coming up this offseason. And the Michigan cheating scandal. i got to take on this here, too, Danger. Uh, The idea that these other coaches in the Big Ten are trying to lobby for punishment now. What? Well, it's... Yeah, well, we'll see where this goes. 8664FAN if you want to pull up a stool and join us on the Good Smoke Barbecue and Pub Wingman line 8664326. I'll drink to that is next in the sports bar. Danger and Bataglia on the Fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A U D A C Y. Odyssey.